Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala bin Asrihil Aziz stated that with regards to the accounts related from the life of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the Battle of Yamama was being mentioned. Further details in this regard are as follows. Hazrat Abu Sa'id Khudri relates that he heard Abad bin Bishr say that, O Abu Sa'id, when we finished the military expedition from Buzakha, I saw in a dream that night as if the heavens had opened up and they were then closed upon me. And this implies martyrdom. Upon this, Abu Sa'id said that, Inshallah, God willing, whatever happens will be for the best. He further states that I observed him on the day of the Battle of Yamama and he was calling upon the Ansar to come towards him. Subsequently, 400 men returned to him. Among these men, Bara bin Malik, Abu Dujana and Abad bin Bishr were at the forefront and they continued to advance until they reached the gate of the garden. He states that I looked at Abad bin Bishr after he had been martyred and there were many sword marks on his face and I recognised him from a particular mark on his body. There are also accounts in relation to Hazrat Umme Amara. Umme Amara was one of the extremely courageous female companions in the history of Islam. Her name was Nusaiba bin Tekab, and she also participated in the Battle of Ahud and fought with utmost fearlessness. And for as long as the Muslims were victorious, she continued to fill the water skins and handed them to the people to drink from. However, when they faced defeat, she appeared before the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and was fully clad in armour. When the disbelievers advanced towards the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, she would stop them with her sword and arrows. And at a later stage, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him himself said, that during the Battle of Ahud, I saw her fight on every flank. When Ibn Qamiya had reached the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Umm Amara came forward and stopped him. 
Ibn Kamiya struck her, which left Hazrat Umm Imara with a deep wound on her shoulder. She also wielded her sword, however it proved ineffective as he was wearing two layers of armour. In any case, this is the status of Umm Imara in history. Hazrat Umm Amara relates that her son Abdullah killed Musalma Kazab, and on that day Hazrat Umm Amara was also participating in the Battle of Yamama, and her arm was severed during the battle. The reason for Hazrat Umm Amara participating in this battle has been stated as follows. When the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, passed away, her son Habib bin Zaid was in Oman along with Hazrat Amr bin al-As. When this news reached Amr, they returned from Oman and crossed paths with Musalma on the way. Hazrat Amr had already gone ahead and Habib bin Zaid and Abdullah bin Wahab were following behind. Musalma captured both of them and said that do you bear witness that I am the Messenger of Allah? Upon this, Abdullah bin Wahab replied that I do. Musalma instructed for him to be shackled with iron chains, for he did not believe him and thought that he might have said so in order to save his life. In any case, Musalma then said to Habib bin Zaid, that do you bear witness that I am the Messenger of Allah? To this he replied that I cannot hear you. Upon this, he once again asked that do you bear witness that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah? And to this he replied that I do. And so Musalma issued an order, resulting in him being dismembered. And whenever it was asked of him, that do you testify that I am the Messenger of Allah? He would reply that I cannot hear this. And whenever he would be asked, that do you testify that Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is the Messenger of Allah? He would reply yes. And this continued until he cut his limbs off one by one. His arms were cut off at the shoulders, his legs were cut off above his knees, and then he was lit on fire. And during this entire ordeal, neither did he deviate from his position, and nor did Musalma, until Hazrat Habib bin Zaid was martyred in the fire. And according to another narration, when Hazrat Habib took the letter to Musalma, he killed him there and then by cutting off his limbs one by one and had him thrown in the fire. When news reached Hazrat Umm Amara of her son's martyrdom, she swore that she would face Musalma herself and either kill him herself or be martyred in the way of Allah. When Hazrat Khalid bin Walid prepared the army to go to Yamama, Hazrat Umm Amara went to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu, requesting him permission to participate in the battle. Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu stated that nothing can stop a woman like you from going to participate in the battle. So go forth in the name of Allah. Another of her sons, Abdullah, also took part in this battle. And Hazrat Umm Amara relates that when we reached Yamama, a fierce battle took place. The Ansar called for help and other Muslims arrived and when we reached the gate of the garden, there was a huge rush at the gate. And the enemy was gathered to one side of the garden 
where Muselma was. She further states that we forced our way in and fought them for a while. By Allah, I have not witnessed anyone defend themselves to the extent that they did. Hazrat Umm Amara then further states that I then sought to search and find Musalma, the enemy of God, and I swore to Allah that if I saw him, I would not let him go. Either I would kill him or I would myself be killed. People were fighting one another and their swords clashed against each other as though they had all become deaf and all they could hear was the sound of the sword striking. Hazrat Umm Amara then further relates that I then saw the enemy of Allah and I launched an attack upon him. Then a person came before me and struck my hand and cut it off. But by Allah, I did not hesitate at all and continued till I could reach that wretched man. And it was then that I saw him lying on the floor and I also saw my son Abdullah there as well who had killed him. In another narration of Hazrat Umm Amara, it is mentioned that my son Abdullah was cleaning his sword with his cloth when I asked him if he had killed Musalma. To this he said that, Yes, O my mother. Upon this, I performed a prostration of gratitude to Allah. Hazrat Umm Amara states that this was because Allah had cut the root of the enemy. When the battle ended and I had returned home, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid brought an Arab physician to me and he treated me with some boiling oil. By Allah, this treatment was more painful for me than having my hand severed. Hazrat Khalid took great care of me and treated us very well. He always had our rights in mind and tended to the instruction of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him in relation to us. Abad relates that, O oh my grandmother, were there a lot of people wounded during the Battle of Yamama? This is the question he asked her. And to this she replied, that yes, my child, the enemy of Allah was killed, but the Muslims were all wounded. And I witnessed both my brothers wounded to such an extent that they seemed to have no sign of life left in them. The people remained in Yamama for 15 days. The battle had ended, yet very few among the Ansar and Muhajireen were able to perform the prayer with Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. Hazrat Umm Amara relates that I know that on that day the Banu Tay had been put to a trial a great deal. On that day I heard Adi bin Hatim loudly proclaim that be patient, be patient, may my parents be sacrificed for you. And my son Zaid also fought very bravely that day. In another narration it is mentioned that Hazrat Umm Amara was wounded on the day the Battle of Yamama took place and aside from one of her hands being severed she had 11 wounds inflicted by swords and spears. Hazrat Abu Bakr would regularly come to ask about her well-being. Kaab bin Ujra fought fiercely that day. That day the people faced a great loss and fled from defeat to the extent that they left the contingent at the rear of the army behind them. Kaab announced that, O Ansar, O Ansar, come to the aid of Allah and the Prophet. And whilst announcing this, he came to Muhakkam bin Tufel. Muhakkam struck him and severed his left hand. But by Allah, Kaab was not at all staggered by this and he continued to fight with his right hand whilst his left hand bled out. 
and he continued to fight up until the point he reached the garden and entered it. Whilst calling out to the Aus, Hajib bin Zaid said, O Ash'al, but upon this Sabit stated that instead say, O Ansar, for they are my army as they are yours. Thus he said, O Ansar, O Ansar. The Banu Hanifa then launched an attack against them and people scattered and Hajib bin Zaid killed two opponents and was then martyred himself. His post was then taken up by Umar bin Aus and he was also attacked by the enemy and martyred. Then with regards to Abu Aqil it is narrated that Abu Aqil was a confederate of the Ansar and on the day of Yamama he was the first to come forward for battle. He was hit with an arrow that pierced through his shoulder and reached his heart. He grabbed the arrow and pulled it out, but he was weakened by the wound. He heard Man bin Adi say that O Ansar regroup to attack the enemy. Amr reports that Abu Aqil stood up to go towards his people, and upon this I asked that Abu Aqil, what do you intend to do now? For you no longer have the strength for battle and have become extremely weak. To this he replied that the caller has summoned us and called out my name. To this I said that they have only called out to the Ansar, which does not include those who are wounded. But Abu Aqil replied that I am from among the Ansar and I will surely hearken to this call, even if others show weakness. Ibn Umar reports that Abu Aqil rose up with great strength, took up a sword in his right hand and called out that O Ansar, regroup and attack as you did on the day of Hunan. Following this, everyone gathered and formed a barrier for the Muslims before the enemy, to the extent that they were able to push the enemy back into the garden. The two forces then converged. In other words, after entering the garden, a fierce battle ensued and swords began to clash. He narrates that I saw Abu Aqil, whose wounded arm was severed from his shoulder and fell onto the ground. And Abu Aqil was wounded 14 times, due to which he was martyred. Ibn Umar relates that when I came towards Abu Aqil, he was lying on the ground taking his final breaths. I called him and said, O Abu Aqil, and with a stammering speech he replied, I am here. He then asked, Who was defeated? And I replied in a loud voice, that rejoice, for Musalma, the enemy of Allah, has perished. Whilst raising his finger towards the sky, Abu Aqil said, All praise is for Allah, and then he passed away. Ibn Umar relates that I recounted this whole incident to my father, Hazrat Umar anhu, and he stated that may Allah have mercy on him, he always aspired for martyrdom, and to my knowledge, he was amongst a select few of the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, who accepted Islam very early. One day, Mujah bin Murara, who was the chieftain of the Banu Hanifa and whom I've spoken about previously, stated that Man bin Adi used to come to me during the lifetime of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, owing to our old friendship. 
Mujah continues that when I came to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu amongst a caravan after the conclusion of the Battle of Yamama, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu was visiting the graves of the martyrs with his companions. Mujah states that I also accompanied him, during which time Hazrat Abu Bakr and his companions visited the graves of 70 companions. He says that I submitted, O Khalifa of the Prophet, during the Battle of Yamama, there was no one amongst the companions who stood more staunchly before the barrage of swords than him, and nor did I see anyone who attacked more fiercely than he did. He said that I saw this person, may Allah have mercy on him, and he was my friend. Hazrat Abu Bakr recognized who it was and asked that was it Man bin Adi? I replied in the affirmative. Hazrat Abu Bakr was familiar with the friendship I shared with him. And upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr then said that may Allah have mercy on him, for you have made mention of a righteous person. I replied that, O Khalifa of the Prophet, it is as though I can still see him with my very eyes as I was tied up in the tent of Khalid bin Walid. The Muslims were losing their foothold to the extent that I thought that they would not be able to regain their footing and this is something I could not bear. Hazrat Abu Bakr stated that by God was it actually unbearable for you? He was asked this because he had become an apostate and had thus been imprisoned. But in any case, he continues that I replied, I swear by Allah that I could not accept that. Hazrat Abu Bakr replied that I praise Allah for that. Mujah continues that I saw Man bin Adi who had tied a red cloth on his head and was returning to attack. His sword was placed on his shoulder and it was dripping with blood and he was calling out that O Ansar, attack with all your strength. Mujah continues that the Ansar regrouped and attacked and the attack was so severe that the enemy lost their foothold. I was making rounds with Khalid bin Walid and I was able to identify the deceased from among the Banu Hanifa and I also saw the Ansar who were martyred and had fallen. Upon hearing this, Hazrat Abu Bakr began to cry until his beard became soaked with tears. Hazrat Abu Sayyid Khudri relates that when it was time for Zuhr prayer, I entered the garden where a severe battle was underway. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid summoned the caller for prayer, who then gave the call to prayer on the garden wall. And people were engaged in battle, which did not end until after the Asr prayer. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid then led us in the Zuhr and Asr prayers, and he then sent the water bearers towards those who had been killed. I also accompanied them in making rounds, and I passed by Abu Aqil, who had been inflicted with 15 wounds. He asked me for some water, which I gave, but the water flowed out from his wounds, and he embraced martyrdom. I then passed Bishr bin Abdullah, who was sitting, and he asked me for water. I gave him water, and he also embraced martyrdom. Mahmud bin Labid narrates that when Hazrat Khalid killed the people of Yamama, many Muslims were also martyred amongst whom were many companions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. 
and the majority of the Muslims who survived were injured. When Hazrat Khalid bin Walid got the news of the death of Musalma, he took Mujah along with him, who was chained up, so he could identify Musalma. Hazrat Khalid continued to search for Musalma amongst the dead, but could not find him there. When he entered the garden, he saw a short-heighted, yellow-skinned, flat-nosed man, and Mujah said that this is Musalma, the man you have now got rid of. Upon this, Hazrat Khalid said that this is the man who has inflicted all of this on you. Since Mujah was imprisoned and was also a representative for the Banu Hanifa and one of their leaders, for this reason he wanted to save them. Most of the men had died, but in order to save the people inside the fort, he devised a scheme. And he lied and entered into a peace treaty with Hazrat Khalid. He said to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid that the people that came out to fight against you did so in haste, whereas the fort is full of warriors. Upon this, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid stated that may you be ruined for saying such a thing. Upon this, Mujah said that by God, whatever I am saying is absolutely correct. Hence, enter into this treaty with me on behalf of my people. Mujah said all of this deceitfully, as will be explained later on. And Hazrat Khalid, having witnessed the losses sustained by the Muslims in this perilous battle, and not wanting more harm to befall the Muslims, Hazrat Khalid deemed this to be appropriate, especially since the chief of the Banu Hanifa and the leader of the rebellion and his comrades had been killed. And so, Hazrat Khalid agreed to the peace treaty. And having sought the guarantee for this peace treaty from Hazrat Khalid, Mujah said that he would go and speak with them inside the fort. And so he went to them. However, Mujah knew full well that aside from women, children and the extremely elderly or frail, there was nobody else inside the fort. And so he got them to wear chainmail and said that until he returned, they should ascend the walls of the fort. He then returned to Hazrat Khalid and said that they did not accept the terms of the treaty he had mentioned. When Hazrat Khalid looked towards the fort, he saw that it was full of men, for Mujah had made sure that the women were clad in chainmail and positioned them there. The Muslims had sustained heavy losses in the battle and it had become prolonged. And so for this reason, the Muslims wished to seal victory in return because they did not know what was going to happen next. For this reason, Hazrat Khalid agreed to make peace on lighter terms, gold, silver, weapons and half of the prisoners. And it is also mentioned that he agreed on the condition of one-fourth of the property of Banu Hanifa. In any case, when the doors of the fort were opened, there was nobody there aside from women, children and the frail. Hazrat Khalid said to Mujah, then may you be ruined, you have deceived me. Upon this, Mujah replied that they are my tribesmen and it was vital that I save them. And besides this, what else could I have done? 
After this, Hazrat Khalid radiallahu ta'ala anhu received a letter from Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, which stated to kill every adolescent male. However, this letter was received when Hazrat Khalid had already agreed to the treaty. For this reason, he fulfilled his pledge and did not act dishonestly as he had already agreed to the terms. Thus, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid sent a letter to Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu, explaining the conditions of the Muslims and the reason for entering into a treaty. Upon reading the letter, Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu was pleased and became content. When Hazrat Khalid finished from the treaty negotiations, he issued orders with regards to the fort and appointed men for guarding it. Mujah swore in the name of Allah that out of what had been agreed in the treaty, nothing would be kept hidden from Hazrat Khalid And if anything that was hidden was known to anyone, they would inform Hazrat Khalid about it. Subsequently, the doors of the fort were opened and from inside the fort they acquired a vast number of weapons which Hazrat Khalid gathered together at one place. Similarly, the dinars and dirhams that were found inside were also gathered in a separate place, as were the chain mill. Then the prisoners were brought outside and divided into two sections. Lots were drawn with regards to the spoils of war, and the chain mill, shackles, gold and silver were weighed and a khums, i.e. one-fifth, was separated from it. One-fourth from the khums was distributed amongst the people, and horse riders were given two shares, and one share was assigned for the owners of the horses. And a khums was set aside from all of these, and the entire khums was then sent to Hazrat Abu Bakr After this, all of the Banu Hanifa gathered together to pledge allegiance and declare that they had severed all ties to Masalma's prophethood. All of them were brought to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, where they pledged allegiance and announced that they had entered Islam once again. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid sent a delegation from among them to Hazrat Abu Bakr in Medina. When they reached Hazrat Abu Bakr, he expressed astonishment. In other words, Hazrat Abu Bakr expressed great astonishment as to how could they have been deceived by the trap of Musalma and how could they have strayed away from the right path. Upon this, they replied that, O Khalifa of the Messenger, you are fully aware of everything. Neither could Musalma benefit himself and nor did his relatives and tribe benefit anything from him. There is mention of a dream of Hazrat Abu Bakr When Hazrat Abu Bakr sent Hazrat Khalid to Yamama, he saw a dream that he was presented dates from Hajar. This is the name of a settlement. Hazrat Abu Bakr ate one of the dates and found that it was in fact a date stone that looked like a date. It was not a date, rather it was a hard date stone. Hazrat Abu Bakr chewed it for a while and then threw it out. This is what he saw in his dream. And Hazrat Abu Bakr interpreted this dream to mean that Hazrat Khalid would face grave opposition from the people of Yamama. But eventually, Allah the Almighty will certainly grant victory at his hands. Hazrat Abu Bakr would eagerly await news from the Battle of Yamama. And as soon as a messenger would arrive from Hazrat Khalid, he would immediately ask for the information. 
One day, Hazrat Abu Bakr who left in the afternoon in the scorching heat and he would usually go to Sarar, which was located at a distance of three miles from Medina. Accompanying him were Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid, Hazrat Tulaha bin Ubaidillah and a group of the Muhajireen and the Ansar. Hazrat Abu Bakr met with Abu Khasman Najari, who had been sent by Hazrat Khalid. When Hazrat Abu Bakr saw him, he said, O oh Abu Khasma, what news do you bring? He replied that, O oh Khalifa of the Messenger, I bring good news, for Allah has granted us victory in Yamama. The narrator states that Hazrat Abu Bakr went into prostration. Abu Khasma said that Khalid has sent a letter for you. Hazrat Abu Bakr and the other companions glorified Allah, after which Hazrat Abu Bakr said, Now tell me about the events of the battle. Abu Khasma began informing him of what Khalid did and how he arranged his army, as well as the injuries suffered by the Muslims and which of them were martyred. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr began reciting Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun that verily to Allah we belong and to Him shall we return and began praying for them to be bestowed with mercy. Abu Khasma further said that O Khalifa of the Messenger, we are Bedouins, they were beating us and treated us in a manner which displeased us greatly. After this, Allah the Almighty granted us victory. Hazrat Abu Bakr said that I had seen a dream which upset me greatly. And a thought crossed my mind that Khalid would certainly come up against a formidable enemy. If only Khalid had not entered into a treaty with them, and kept them on the edge of his blade. After the Muslim martyrs, what right do the people of Yamama have to live? In other words, because of Musal Makazab. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu stated that the comrades of Musal Makazab will remain in trial owing to him until the Day of Judgment, unless Allah saves them. Subsequently, a delegation of the people of Yamama and Hazrat Khalid came to see Hazrat Abu Bakr. With regards to the number of people who died in this battle, it is said that approximately 10,000 apostates were killed, and according to another narration, 21,000 has also been reported. On the other hand, five to 600 Muslims were martyred. According to various other narrations, the number of Muslims who were martyred during the Battle of Yamama has been reported as 700, 1200 and also 1700. According to one narration, amongst those who were martyred, more than 700 were hafaz quran i.e. those who had committed the Qur'an to memory, and among those who were martyred were some prominent companions and hafaz quran who possessed a very lofty status amongst the Muslims, and their martyrdom was a huge tragedy. However, it was the martyrdom of these Hufaz Qur'an which then led to the compilation of the Qur'an into a single book form. Some well-known companions who were amongst the martyrs is as follows. Hazrat Zaid bin Khattab, Hazrat Abu Huzaifa bin Rabia, Hazrat Salim Mola Abu Huzaifa, Hazrat Khalid bin Usaid, Hazrat Hakam bin Saeed, Hazrat Tufail bin Amr Dosi, Hazrat Saib bin Alawam, the brother of Hazrat Zubair bin Al-Awam, Hazrat Abdullah bin Haris bin Qais, Hazrat Abad bin Haris, 
حضرت عباد بن بشر حضرت مالک بن اوس حضرت سراکا بن کاب حضرت مان بن ادی who was the orator of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Hazrat Sabit bin Qas bin Shammas, Hazrat Abu Dujana, Hazrat Abdullah bin Abdullah, the sincere and devoted companion, and who was the son of Abdullah bin Abi bin Salul, the chief of the hypocrites, and Hazrat Yazid bin Sabit Khazraji. According to some historians, the Battle of Yamama took place in Rabiul Awal, 12 Hijri, and according to others, it took place towards the end of 11 Hijri. And both dates can be reconciled in this way, that the actual battle commenced in 11 Hijri and ended in 12 Hijri. Hazrat Muslim Aud states that all of those who claimed prophethood and against whom the companions fought were all such people who rebelled against the Islamic government and declared war against it. During the lifetime of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Musalma wrote to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in which he stated that he had been commanded that half of the Arab land was his and half for the Quraysh. And after the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he expelled Sumama bin Usal, who had been appointed as the governor of Hajar and Yamama, and instead became the governor of that area himself and attacked the Muslims. He also captured two companions who had come from Medina, Habib bin Zaid and Abdullah bin Wahab, and forced them to accept his prophethood. Out of fear, Abdullah bin Wahab complied with what he said. However, Habib bin Zaid refused to accept. Upon this, Musalma cut one limb of his at a time and then burnt him. Those who had been officially appointed by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in Yemen, he imprisoned some of them and also handed out strict punishments to some of the others. Similarly, At-Tabari has written that Aswad Ansi also rebelled and began to give trouble to those who had been officially appointed as governors by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And he also commanded that the wealth from the zakat be taken from them. He also attacked Shahar bin Bazan in Sana'a who had been appointed as the governor of the city by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. He also killed many Muslims, ransacked the area, killed its governor, and then married his wife against her will. The Banu Najran also rebelled, and they joined Aswad Ansi, and they expelled two companions from their area, Amr bin Hazm and Khalid bin Said. From this, it is evident that they did not fight against these people because they claimed prophethood from among the Ummah of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and that they claimed to spread his faith. In fact, the companions fought against them because they were trying to abrogate the Islamic laws and establish their own laws instead. They claimed to be the rulers of their respective areas, and not just that, they also killed the companions. They attacked the Muslim lands, they rebelled against the existing government and announced to completely be free and independent. The Promised Messiah states 
that when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, passed away, the Bedouins began to apostatize, and this extremely perilous situation has been described by Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha as follows. When the Messenger of God, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, passed away, some people falsely claimed prophethood, and some abandoned prayer and began to change in their conduct. In such a state, and in the face of such a trial, my father became the Khalifa and the successor of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. My father had to endure such calamities that if they befell upon a mountain, it would crumble. But to not lose strength and courage despite the immense hardships is not possible for any ordinary man. Indeed, such fortitude required sincerity, and this was demonstrated by Siddiq, i.e. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu It was not possible for anyone else to have been able to take care of this dangerous situation. All of the companions were present at the time, but no one stated that this was their duty. They could see that flames of disorder had erupted, and so who would want to enter into it? In these circumstances, Hazrat Umar extended his hand and pledged allegiance at the hands of Hazrat Abu Bakr, and thereafter, one by one, everyone else pledged allegiance to him as well. It was his sincerity that enabled him to put an end to the disorder, and he killed those who were perpetrating cruelties. Musalma was joined by a hundred thousand people, and he was introducing a change in the Islamic laws. He was making certain things lawful within the Islamic Sharia, and people were entering into his fold on account of this. There were many things which were prohibited, and he was declaring them to be permissible. And this was mentioned once before as well. In any case, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu further relates that upon witnessing this, people were entering his religion. However, God Almighty proved who he was with and alleviated all the difficulties. The Promised Messiah further states, It is no secret to historians that the Khilafat of Abu Bakr was a time of fear and trials. A host of trials and difficulties befell Islam and the Muslims after the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Many hypocrites became apostates, and the apostates became bold in their speech. One group made a claim to prophethood, and many Bedouins flocked around them, to the extent that Musalma the liar amassed nearly a hundred thousand ignorant and wicked people around him. Trials erupted, afflictions increased, calamities engulfed all near and far, and the believers were shaken severely. All of the people were tried in that time, and a dreadful and shocking set of circumstances had developed. The believers were so helpless that it seemed as though brands of fire were lit in their hearts or as though they had been slaughtered with a knife. At times they would weep due to their separation from the greatest of creation, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and at other times due to the trials which had emerged in the form of an intense burning fire. There was not even the slightest hint of peace. The mischief makers had spread all over like plants sprouting on a pile of dirt. The fear and concern of the believers had increased manifold, and their hearts were completely filled with dread and restlessness. During such a time, Hazrat Abu Bakr was appointed the leader of the time, 
and the Khalifa of the Seal of the Prophets, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Witnessing the behaviour, conduct and ways of the hypocrites, disbelievers and apostates caused him to drown in sorrow and grief. He would weep like a continuous downpour of rain and his tears would flow like a running fountain and he would supplicate to Allah for the betterment of Islam and for the Muslims. It has been narrated by Hazrat Aisha ta'ala anha that when my father was appointed as the Khalifa and Allah granted him leadership, right from the outset of his Khilafat, he was faced with the upsurge of disorder from every direction and the efforts of the false claimants to prophethood and the rebellion of the hypocrites and apostates. And the number of calamities he had to face was such that if they were to befall upon a mountain, it would cause it to immediately crush and crumble to the ground. However, he was granted patience like that of the prophets. Eventually, Allah the Almighty bestowed his help and the false claimants to prophethood and apostates were killed. The disorders and dangers were put to an end and the situation was resolved and the institution of Khilafat was firmly established. Allah the Almighty saved the believers from the calamity and transformed their state of fear into peace and established for them their religion. And he established the entire land upon the truth and utterly humiliated those who sought to create disorder. Allah fulfilled his promise and granted support to his servant, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and destroyed the leaders of the rebellion and their idols. The heart of the disbelievers were completely overawed and they ultimately repented. This indeed was the promise of Allah who is the all-powerful and most truthful. Thus, ponder how all the characteristics and hallmarks of Khilafat were fulfilled in the person of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. With regards to Hazrat Khalid radiallahu ta'ala anhu, it has been stated that upon the completion of the expedition to Yamama, he was still there when Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu wrote to him that he should set out towards Iraq. In another narration, it is mentioned that Hazrat Allah bin Hazrami requested Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu for reinforcements. And he then wrote to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid instructing him to immediately depart from Yamama towards Allah in order to help him. And so he did. Khutam was killed, after which he joined forces and lay siege to Khut. Khut was a town in Bahrain of the Abdi Qais tribe where there was an abundance of dates. Thereafter, Hazrat Abu Bakr instructed him to go to Iraq and so he left Bahrain for Iraq. With regards to the questions raised about Hazrat Khalid radiallahu's marriage to the daughter of Mujah bin Murara, it is recorded in books of history that upon the completion of the Battle of Yamama and after the treaty was formed with the remaining people of Banu Hanifa, there is mention found of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu getting married. According to historians, when Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu learned of this marriage, he was upset with Hazrat Khalid radiallahu However, when Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu wrote a letter to him containing a detailed explanation, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu was no longer displeased with him. 
according to the details, after the treaty was formed, Khalid requested Mujah to marry his daughter to him. Mujah was aware of the incident regarding Layla Umm Tamim, who was the wife of Malik bin Nuwera, and also Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu's displeasure with Hazrat Khalid's marriage. Hence he advised that he should wait, otherwise he would become the means of great difficulty for him and he himself would not be safe from the displeasure of Hazrat Abu Bakr However, Hazrat Khalid said that he should marry his daughter to him, and so he did. Hazrat Abu Bakr would constantly await news from Yamama, and he would anticipate Hazrat Khalid's message-bearer. One day he was at a certain place with a group of Muhajireen and Ansar, where he met Hazrat Khalid anhu's message-bearer, Abu Khasama. When Hazrat Abu Bakr saw him, he asked him what the news was. Upon this, Abu Khasmah replied that it is good news, O Khalifa of the Messenger. Allah the Almighty granted us victory at Yamama, and here is the letter sent by Khalid. Hazrat Abu Bakr immediately fell into prostration of gratitude and said, Tell me how the battle transpired. A narration regarding this has already been mentioned previously. In any case, Abu Khasma gave details about the battle and explained what Khalid did and how the army was organized, which companions were martyred and how the enemy dispersed and also how they had to become accustomed to things which they previously were not accustomed to. Then there was also mention of Hazrat Khalid radiallahu marriage. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu wrote him a letter saying that, O son of Umm Khalid, you thought of marrying women while the blood of 1200 Muslims had not yet dried from your battlefield. What's more, Mujahid deceived you into a treaty whereas Allah the Almighty had given you complete authority over them. When Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu displeasure on account of the treaty with Mujah and marriage to his daughter reached Khalid, he wrote a letter in response and sent it to Hazrat Abu Bakr In this letter, he explained his point of view and defended himself. Hazrat Khalid wrote that I swear by the faith, I did not marry until the happiness of victory was complete and certain. He further stated that I married the daughter of a person who would not have refused had I sent the proposal from Medina. Forgive me as I felt it appropriate to send the proposal from my current location. If this union displeases you from either the religious or worldly perspective, then I am prepared to act according to your desire. And as for the matter of condolences for the slain, if someone's pain and grief could keep someone alive or bring back the dead, then my pain and grief would keep people alive and bring back the dead. I attacked in a way that I had no regard for my life and I was certain of my death. And as for the matter of Mujah's deception, then in my opinion I was not wrong. However, I do not have knowledge of the unseen. Whatever happened, Allah made it to be in favour and for the betterment of Muslims. 
He made them inheritors of the land and the ultimate victory is for the righteous. When Hazrat Abu Bakr received this letter, his anger was gone and a group of Quraysh along with the bearer of Hazrat Khalid's letter sought pardon on his behalf. Upon which Hazrat Abu Bakr said that you are right and he accepted Hazrat Khalid's explanation and request for pardon. The rest of the accounts will be mentioned in the future inshallah. However, the accounts related to the apostates is now complete. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah,